CBS Monday. NCIS! Here's where we can see them. NCIS and NCIS Hawaii return with all new cases. Double tap to the chest, one to the head. These guys are professionals. All new criminals. Violent Island, they got here. Walking to paradise. And all new crimes to be solved. If you're watching this, I've been arrested. What are the charges? Just one. Murder. New NCIS and NCIS Hawaii, Monday, starting at 9, 8 central, on CBS, and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hip-hop takes the stand in the new documentary, As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Rap lyrics are playing an increasingly prominent role in criminal cases. Every song, every lyric, every video that you've ever been involved with, they're going to use against you. Follow rap artist Kemba as he explores the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system. This artistic expression is a confession. I'm ready. Roll the tape. Watch the eye-opening new documentary As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Good morning, Buck Nutters. Good morning. It is Thursday, December the 8th, 2022. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Buck Nuts Morning 5 and Change. You can see Bill Kerlick. You can see Mark Porter. You know things are fast and furious here at Buck Nuts as we are trying to put the finishing touches on the class of 2023. Deal with the transfer portal all the while getting ready for a matchup with Georgia, the nation's Defending champion in the college football playoff. Gentlemen, how goes it? Ready to go. Doing well this morning. Bill, we will start with you. Ohio State, like I said, is putting the finishing touches on the class of 2023. I almost had a blast of juice thinking Reuben Owens may be coming through and he's not that all happened overnight. Reuben Owens, the running back they coveted for so long was a long time Louisville commitment decommitted and committed to Texas A&M. However, Ohio state is still out on the road, visiting people, visiting players. Let's talk bill of the guys there drilled down on the class of 2023. I have a list of Lincoln Kineholz, Damon Wilson, Joshua Mickens, Mateo Uwe and Jamarian Wilcox. Who would you like to speak of? Well, we can start with Lincoln Kineholtz because uh, Corey Dennis is set to visit him today. Um, yeah, this is going to be an interesting decision. Does he stay with Washington or, or, or flip to Ohio State? And, you know, I think it's been really all a toss-up pretty much. The official visit he had at Ohio State for the Michigan game went very well. Uh, obviously, Washington working to keep him in the class. And, you know, we'll see what happens when, when Corey Dennis uh, makes this visit with him today out in the great state of South Dakota. So uh, I could absolutely see Lincoln Kineholtz being in this Ohio State class. Obviously, the Buckeyes need a quarterback uh, with Brock Glenn. Uh, and them parting ways. So we'll see what happens there. Damon Wilson, uh, Ryan Day is going to be visiting with him. And, uh, you know, it seems like everybody right now is totally writing Ohio State off in that one. And I think that's a little premature to do. I don't think that one's over. Um, 
if it was, I don't think Ryan Day would be uh, uh, wasting time visiting with him. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Joshua Mickens, I still like very much Ohio State's chances with him. I think he ends up at Ohio State. Uh, Matui, or I should say Mateo Uyungale, um, you know, who knows right now? He has kept things very close to the vest. Uh, Ohio State, Oregon, USC, you know, UCLA perhaps with his brother uh, now in the portal. Georgia got in the mix. That's going to be almost certainly a national signing day announcement and um, still up in the air, certainly on that. One. And then Jared Wilcox, Ohio State has still is, is stayed with some contact with him and uh, they don't have a running back in the class. Yeah, let's talk about that real quick. Um, you know, with Mark Fletcher decommitting and there was an idea of getting some other dudes that's not come through, are they, you know, hell-bent on adding a running back in this class or is that a position they feel like they can go without? Well, uh, in the case of Wilcox, Ohio State recruited him during, pretty early. They, you know, they were, through, they were talking with him this summer. He was going to visit and all that. Um, but the thing was, Mark Fletcher was committed then. So they were not uh, in a position to take him at that point, really. Um, Clemson, on the other hand, and Kentucky were and have been. Uh, he was the number one guy on Clemson's board to take as a running back, and he knew it. Um, and that, you know, makes a difference. Uh, they were prepared to make him the only running back in their class. He didn't end up committing. But because of that, Clemson and Kentucky are the leaders for him. You know, Ohio State is in a position where if the guys come back as expected, Travion Henderson uh, is expected certainly to be back, uh, Mayan Williams to be back. Uh, you've got Evan Pryor coming back from uh, injury. You've got Dalen Hayden, who was – I think pretty darn good in his in his role so far, uh, what he had this year. And then if they keep him there, you've got Chip Trainum. So, yeah, that's five running backs that if they all come back, which nothing leads me to believe that uh, any of those guys won't. I think they all will. And if you keep Trainum there, then they've got five running backs, so they're okay. It's not an absolute emergency that they get a running back, but they certainly would like one. We talked a little bit about some guys possibly in the class of 2023 in Ohio getting uh, getting a taste. Uh, we all remember Mayan Williams being committed to Iowa State and then hopping on late. The two of you don't see any class of 2023 running back from Ohio getting an offer from Ohio State, do you? No, I, I think Trey Cornish was the hottest name lately. Uh, but I don't think there's really a back in Ohio that they've – Fall in love with them. I mean, Will Troll Hartson has Buffalo and maybe a few others. Uh, C.J. Hester was at the state championship against Glenville, and uh, he's headed to Western Michigan. They lost their coach, and these are some of the backs just in Ohio that you know you could be looking at. But I don't think they have that type of back in Ohio. They're looking for that national level back. Although Cornus, yeah, well, Cornus is not bad. I mean, and I know the people out of Winton Woods have him on the same air as Mayan Williams. Uh, you know, compared to Mark Fletcher, it, it would seem like a little bit of a lesser back, but he's got a nice offer list. I mean, it just, it, it just depends if that fits the Ohio state scheme and what they want to do. He's more of a, a bigger back. I don't know if he's the type of spread back that you want. That's going to catch passes and do some of that stuff, but he, he's definitely a name. 
Yeah. And Kentucky, uh, Kentucky made a home visit. Uh, Vince Morrow made a home visit, I believe, and it was last night, I'm sure, uh, with Trey Cornus. And right now, nothing uh, at all is hot with Ohio State uh, there at this point. And again, um, especially with the portal, you know, the portal had over a thousand players enter it um, the first day, and there's going to be more. You know, uh, the next influx uh, will come after the bowl games and all. And then, of course, after spring, you know, we'll have more guys entering. So there's time. You know, they're, they're not going to reach for somebody that uh, that they don't really feel is an Ohio State caliber player. Yeah, it, it is a, a day of free agency. And there may be a back around the country right now that says, oh, there's a hole there or they need someone and they'll – they'll make themselves available to be a part of Ohio State. I mean, that's the kind of program Ohio State is. And, you know, with, the, with this portal thing, <laughs> a lot of guys, as I mentioned, over over a thousand uh, are in that portal. And there's going to be some kids that uh, find out that the grass is not greener on the other side. Uh, <laughs> there's going to be some kids that end up uh, maybe needing to look at Division II schools and all because – Schools don't have room for them, that type of thing. Um, so, you know, huge influx, but some guys are going to find out. And, and I can tell you guys that have left schools last year and found out the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Yeah, it's a tough situation. There's kind of a leveling effect. I do think there's – I do like the idea of water finding its level. And so a kid who maybe made an incorrect decision at the beginning can move up or down um, as well they should. But once you put someone's career in their own hands, you're going to have a lot of self-scouting mistakes, let's call it. And, um, you know, people, people misjudge their worth. The one thing about playing time and, you know, most of this I would assume is from playing time. Obviously there's, X percentage of any human interaction that it leads to. You just don't like your coach. Uh, your girlfriend broke up with you. You want to go home and visit your dog more. I get all that. But in terms of just actually talking about play on the field, coaches usually, from my experience, want to win football games. And if you're good enough to help, they're going to find a spot for you on the field. Um, I, I like, yes, there are I like guys who leave that can contribute elsewhere. But at a school like, let's use Ohio State as the example. This is the top end of the spectrum. Uh, yes, there are guys who would be successful here that aren't here, but not a ton of them. Um, so, I, I, like I said, I don't think the NIL is going to affect Ohio State in a negative fashion too much. I don't even know. I mean, who is the big, real, non-quarterback starter that you've seen change teams for any team? Who's the big defensive lineman that had a great sophomore year at X and went somewhere else as a junior? That just doesn't happen. Guys who are that good are getting ready for the league in a year. They don't want to move. So some of it's much ado about nothing. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, I love the way you said the water leveling. Well, thousand Bill, I think there was almost 1,500 in there, and I heard it's going to be 2,000 by the end of the week or whatever. Um, and you nailed it, Dan. The self-evaluation and the overinflation of how good you think you are, you're going to find out when you get in that portal who you are because – now you're going to be reevaluated by a staff. And yeah, uh, 500 people in there might be gems and 
that the colleges might be after him, but the other 1,500 might be trash. And you're going to find out that the trash is going to get kicked to the curb, the water is going to level, and the cream is going to rise. So this may be a way of uh, rosters being able to get rid of some of their bottom feeders, some of their discontents, some of the problems on their team, and throw it into the portal and let that wash out. So this portal, everyone's, oh, there's so many kids in there. All these discontents that are leaving are opening up room for guys that are, like you say, evaluated and have a reason to be on a team and a team sees value in them. So I, this portal thing, I think it's going to take a few years maybe for it to level and people to say, okay, you go in there, here's what's going to happen. But right now it is a, it's the wild, wild west. And there's kids making horrible decisions, jumping in there for lesser reasons than they want to visit their dog. Bill, what do you get the sense of Ohio State when you talk to them uh, behind closed doors? How do they feel about the portal? I think, uh, you know, Ohio State and, and, and a lot of other schools think this is a situation where, you know, it's a very difficult situation in that you've got, you've got the, emer the merging of the NIL merging with the portal. And the two of them have created just tremendous headaches when you merge them together. Um, you know, you, you want to keep your kids on the roster, but those kids, you know, they, they want, uh, they want to have their, uh, uh, I guess you'd say uh, payment or whatever too. You know, you try to keep your roster together. And I will say that Ohio state has done a really good job of that. How many kids, did uh, Alabama lose to the portal this week? I think it was like nine. I think it was. I think that was about the number. High State, I believe, is at two. Um, they've made a concerted effort to not let kids walk out the door, so to speak, um, uh, and keep their roster together. And they've done a really good job of that uh, to this point. And I think they will continue to do that. If your high-end starters consistently go in the top rounds of the NFL draft, you will have no problem. If you don't, people will come up with a scramble plan underneath that to justify the cash because everyone's coming to these level of football to get to the NFL. We've kind of lost that as being the main gig. You can't – maybe you can, but – it would stand to reason that the individuals who are going to generate the kind of NIL money that you would consider life-changing are also the best players and the guys who are going to go to the NFL. I'm sure there's going to be some mistakes made on quarterbacks. Sure. Done early. So you kind of overpay. I don't feel like Ohio state probably got much out of their Quinn Ewers investment. What do you guys think? Was that money well spent? So, I get that, but I would for Ohio State. It didn't hurt them at all. I mean, you just that's almost like uh, you know gambling losses. So I, you know, you, you know the the other thing is that when these kids are getting recruited, think about all the time and money investment that Ohio State puts in recruiting kids. I mean, it is phenomenal how much time evaluation, uh, seeing the kids, talking to the kids, visiting the kids, how much time and effort they put in recruiting these guys, not, and that doesn't even account for all the expense. 
then you, you just w- see them walk out the door. You know, that's kind of tough. That's why they're working so hard to keep the guys they got. They know how much time, effort, and expense and all that they put in. And they've got a good roster. They don't want to see their guys leave. Yeah, I'm, I'm the cynical guy or the skeptic on this. And I don't think we've seen a true roster built through NIL yet. You know, a three- or four-year plan of NIL money spent on guys and the hits and misses and all that stuff. So two, three years from now, we'll judge – Tennessee or Miami or whoever it is. And no, no, they're not going to win with their freshman class that they spent all their money on. And it's going to take a couple years, but does that ever happen down the road? And then if that does happen, maybe that changes the landscape. But I think Dan identified something that these big teams like Ohio state, Alabama, their seniors or the guys that are the stars are getting their money. When they go to the NFL, they get their money. That's going to supersede anything. The cynical side of me says, People coming out of high school aren't long-range thinkers. They're not all academias. They don't all understand how to handle their money. Um, and I don't want to be negative towards, you know, a swath of, you know, recruits. But there are a lot of people that don't care and will just take the money. And if that kid's a five-star, he's going somewhere else. And that's why I think this, you know, landscape is shook up where there's now a curveball for places like Ohio State. And maybe it only affects maybe one or two, three players a class. And that's really insignificant right now because you lose three, four, five players every year that you hope you get and you don't get them. Uh, the NIL may be the reason now. But I think as we go on, I, it's, this is going to be a storyline. And obviously the boards have lit up recently with this stuff. But it, I think it's too soon. But those are the storylines we're going to follow. I think what I'm saying is in terms of Ohio State, Alabama, uh, Georgia, the teams, those teams are going to be above the fray. I think you could see some jockeying in the next tier every now and then as a team bubbled up with NIL, et cetera. But the teams that are truly built on sending guys to the NFL draft, and there really are, what, 10 to 15 of those teams, the top of those teams aren't going to change. I don't, like, for example, the only thing that would change this now is if, one of these players would go from Alabama or Ohio State to Alabama or Ohio State, if you really think about it. And I don't see that happening. You're going to, like, what did we discuss? The two guys that I had seen commit to places I don't think they would have committed to otherwise were Nicholas Iamaleva, and let's see if he sticks it out there with Alex Golesh leaving, and Ruben Owens to Louisville, who, by the way, is going to Texas A&M. So let's just see it all play out. It definitely makes for a good copy. And I can tell you that anything we put up here on the site that says transfer portal in it or the network, the page views are off the charts because it's kind of like free agency. But I would also, you know, I don't want to nurgitate on the NFL. Free agency has a huge effect on the NFL, but it does not have the effect that you think. And the teams that win aren't built through free agency. Um, That's kind of a flash in the pan good for uh, headlines and doesn't necessarily materialize. All right, let's take a quick break. Where are we at here? This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 
This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Come back and talk a little uh, Ohio football. All right, Mark, you were at the state championships over the weekend. Stood yep. next to Ohio defensive coordinator Jim Knowles for an off-the-record conversation, which we can't get into. But you got to see Glenville in action. Future Buckeye Arvell Reese. Your thoughts on what you saw over the weekend, starting with Mr. Reese in the middle. Yeah, going back a year or so, uh, when Arvell Reese was at Euclid, you look out on the field and he's one of the bigger guys out there and, you know, stands out like a sore thumb. You see him a year later, and he is absolutely enormous. I bet you he's pushing 6'5 now, 230 or 240 pounds. Uh, he's running around a middle linebacker, uh, and he does it all on that defense. He, I mean, he intercepted a pass in the state championship game. Uh, I made a film of him last week in the breakdown where he batted a ball away uh, deep in pass coverage running down the middle of the field to save the game versus Van Wert. Uh, Arvell Reese is turning into a name that we need to talk about more, like a Sonny Styles, uh, like the Hicks from Alder a couple of years ago. This kid's in the same ballpark, and I even like him a little bit more than some of those guys because he was a little raw. He really didn't have as much polish early on. So you kind of, now that he's getting that, you're seeing the strides and, Boy, but playing middle linebacker all year, uh, he's learning how to run through trash, get off blocks, play with bodies around him, uh, play with things coming in at his feet. It's a really – I really like it for any uh, football player to go stand in the middle of a defense and run around and do that. No matter where he lands in college, whether it's a pass rusher or a defensive end, or he stays at the outside linebacker, inside linebacker, this was a great developmental year for Arvell Reese. Uh, we talk about the corner Bryce West. Didn't hear from him in a state championship game, and that's a good thing. They never threw his way. I think he had maybe one pass defense when I was there. Uh, but Van Wert, he might have had one or two pass defenses when I was there. And that Bill and I have been joking about that all year. It's not fun to go see Ohio State cornerbacks play in high school. It's a, it's a quiet night. Uh, from, from Youngstown, we had three teams in the state championship, but South Range winning it, no college real prospects in that game. Uh, Canfield won it, and they have three college prospects. Brock Lowry, the quarterback at Indiana. Uh, Danny Inglis is their running back and linebacker, and he's got Iowa State and a bunch of MAC offers, and, you know, he's not even in his junior year, so he's ahead of the curve. And they have a big sophomore, Angela DeLucia, who's a 6'5", or 225-pound defensive end, and he'll be the next thing for Canfield. So I'm bragging on the local guys here. And, of course, JFK, we wanted to see, you know, be the third team to win state here in Youngstown, and they couldn't pull it off. New Bremen is for real, you know, just as an aside, if you have some fans from over the Mac country, what an impressive division 17. Uh, great Very weekend local. overall. Yeah. I was going to say like, shoot. I mean, we could, we could do a podcast on that show or that conference because it is truly impressive. And, and I, and I don't want to get in more of it, but I mean, New Bremen, I think they had a like town hall meeting like four or five years ago. And how can we even compete in this conference? And they've now, been the taste of the town in the conference. So that meeting paid off and their focus on football. So 
I may digress when you come to Ohio football and other things, but nice to see the, uh, you know, not only were the Ohio State coaches at the game, there was Kentucky, there was Kent, there was Illinois, there was Indiana. I mean, if you were on the sidelines, you bumped into everybody that weekend, not just Ohio State. That's New Bremen is a town that has its priorities in order. Let's make that very clear. There needs to be a documentary film made about the Mac, not uh, not a podcast. It's incredible. Pound for pound, it's got to be some of the best football played in the United States. I actually believe that. Um, pound but, for pound, I think, is the best way to describe it because they are yeah. small schools and they're not going to go beat St. Ed's or Glenville. I mean, that's just dreaming. But when they play with the schools that are on their level, I tell you what, I looked at the offensive and defensive lines for New Bremen. I'm like, you should have been playing Division Three. You know, it wasn't a, a small, weak line. or I mean, they had some athletic guys that could move. It was pretty impressive. The Coldwater Ursuline game, I think they did make into a documentary film low about 10, 15 years ago. That's right when I got up here. That was awesome. Um, boy, talk about a stacked Ursuline team. Anyway, uh, I want to get back to Arvell Reese. How tall and how much does he weigh right now, you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's pushing 6'5", 230, 240. I mean, oh. that's what I'm saying, yeah. Like, he's – I'm 6'3", and I used to stand next to him and be in the ballpark. I'm not even in the ballpark now. He, he towers over me. He's thick, the legs and the butter there. You know, you're carrying the weight in the right way. And he even – he like, he even hasn't been, like, in a weight room program where they're feeding him the, carb, uh, the protein shakes and the protein yeah. bars. Once they give him three or 4,000 calories of the right kind of calories a day, yeah, like he could be a defensive end. or you know, So his good. possibilities are limitless right now. He's really turned into, like I said, let's put him on a little higher echelon when we talk about him, or at least in my book. That's incredible. Yeah, that feels like joker or defensive end more than it does uh, middle linebacker to me. Yeah, but he runs so well, and that's what – like the Joshua Perry's and all these guys that we've seen that have this six, five frame, man, they, you six, five and run, you know, and it's, it's a different frame than Elias Rudolph at Taft. He's a much thinner linear basketball type build, you know, maybe a flatter chest and skinnier legs, more explosive, but Arvell is just really filling out to be a, you know, man, he looks like he's going to be a thick human being. Bill, we discussed this before the show and Mika Hanna did not hear us in our non-published part. <laughs> what about Keon Keeley? Well, I don't feel any different than I have felt about him. That um, I, I will be surprised if he does not go to Alabama. Um, I, I was told by one person um, not too long ago that uh, they, they that knows Keon, that they just don't see him coming to Ohio State. But, you know, I, I guess I've been surprised before, so so maybe I will. I just don't feel that one happening. Um, uh, again, I think he ends up at, at, at Alabama. Go ahead. Yeah, when we were talking about Glenville, I'll answer the Tip City question there too. Uh, Glenville, I need to talk about the Marion Witten. Like, We've, we've I've glossed over him. I know he was the one that picked up the Ohio State offer late of the three guys up there. He is the Who best is he? receiver. What is he? Yeah, that's what I want to get into. Is and early on, I didn't know what he was. They had him lined up at tight end. Uh, they still line him up there, but they line him up at receiver a lot. But he's a huge receiver. I mean, he's looks like he's two hundred and twenty pounds, six three or something. 
he has made more catches in the last couple weeks in the state championship game. I mean, high point catches, uh, fade balls where he's going up over people. Uh, he did it at Van Wert. He did it at, uh, against Elyria Catholic. He had these big 60, 70 yard plays from the tight end spot. If he stays at tight end, he'll be the best receiving tight end that's come into Ohio State in a while. If not, he's going to be a linebacker safety type with very athletic, you know, skills. But he is another guy, much like Arvell. I don't think they're playing maybe their college position in high school, but Witten needs to be bumped up in his ratings also wherever he's at because I don't think we talk about him enough and enjoy him enough because he's overshadowed by, you know, the other two guys West. And I didn't talk about Freddie Johnson there, and he's looking better than ever and getting thinner. Uh, and Deshante Jones, the tailback, uh, he looks a lot like Trey Cornus, the big, thicker, bruiser-type back. Uh, he had five touchdowns versus Van Wert. I think he had four in the state championship game, if my memory is right. I know he was cashing in touchdowns left and right. It might have been five. Uh, he's Cardell Jones' nephew. He's a running back from Glenville they're going to be looking at. So, you know, I should have – I spent too much time talking about Orville. I don't want to miss those guys. Uh, I did see Tip City play Bloom Carroll, and the quarterback for Tip City was the show. Uh, he was the one-man show that was trying to put the team on his back that night, and it wasn't enough to beat Bloom Carroll. So, to the question, you you are right. There is one heck of a good quarterback down at Tip City, Tippy Canoe. Tip City knocked out Oakwood from the basketball playoffs this past year, so you're lucky you even got that in there, Tip City. Um, Adam Cunningham. Oh, this is a good one. Bill. Apparently, everyone's realized around the United States that Jermaine Matthews is an animal. And Miami's come in to recruit him. And I'm not, I do not feel like I'm speaking out of turn here, considering Miami has been very vocal about this. Miami coming to recruit you means a guy is coming in there with a briefcase full of cash. That's what that means. There was a guy who flipped from a West Coast school to Miami recently. I'm not going to say his name. And it wasn't because he likes the weather in Florida, okay? Your thoughts on Jermaine Matthews? Do you think Miami's push will be enough to get him to flip? Well, I will start by saying when I saw Jermaine Matthews a few weeks ago, uh, gosh, I believe it was maybe the second or third round of the playoffs, I could not have been more impressed. He is a player, and I believe he was named Division II Defensive Player of the Year yesterday, if I'm he was. not mistaken. And he was. He deserves it. I mean, he is a player. Um, he is not like some defensive backs you go see where they're there to cover people, but they don't want to get in and mix it up. He wants to make every tackle he can, and he wants to make the tackle uh, with force. I mean, he is uh, a tremendous player. As far as the Miami thing, I talked to somebody uh, uh, very much in the know with him just the other night, as your last night, the night before. And and uh, at that point, Jermaine had not scheduled a, an official visit to Miami. That's not to say it couldn't happen. It could happen this weekend. It could happen next weekend. But as of a night or two ago, it had not happened. I can't say for sure if it's going to happen or not. Um can't say for sure 100% if he's going to, to stay with Ohio State, but I think he will. Um, I, I, I think that the family likes Ohio State. Jermaine likes Ohio State. Uh, Buckeyes, Tim Walton, all have done a really good job recruiting him. I will be surprised if he were to flip, you know, I guess not totally shocked, 
But, uh, you know, I, I think the more likely scenario, the likely scenario is he stays with Ohio State. But as we all know, in this day of the NIL and all that, you don't know until it's all over and done with. Um, you know, kids, you know, how would you like to, and I, I thought about this last night as some things were happening. How would you like to be the recruiter that recruits a kid, you know, uh, for months and sometimes years, uh, develops a relationship and spends all that time and everything and gets the commitment, has the commitment, and then all of a sudden, Another the briefcase goes comes up with a big offer, and he flips. You know, that to me, somebody told me that this type of thing could, could drive some college coaches into getting out of this stuff. It could be just that frustrating. You know, this, this thought popped into my head how lucky we are to work for like one of the best sites for 24 7, you know, that stuff. What kind of briefcase would have to be dropped on your doorbell to get you to go to work for the Michigan site? You know, at some point, everybody has a number. And as much as you love us here and you love the Buckeyes, that briefcase is big enough. The relationship with Dan and I doesn't mean as much anymore. And I think people are selfish. Well, I got and, a number. Uh, yeah. <laughs> send it up to the bosses and see, you know. But I think, you know, that's a real-life scenario that we just all put ourselves in. Like, I love this thing, and I feel fortunate to to be with the Bucknuts people. But, boy, you know, if, a, if a, someone backs in my driveway and says, here's the briefcase, I'm human. You know, so these kids don't have as much experience as we do as adults to know that all oh, the money comes and goes. But you're 18 and your parents need money and the briefcase guy wins. And you're right. Recruiting as we know it. Poof. And also, it's hard to uh, express this. But the, some of the people taking the like we're saying, oh, they're taking the money or investing in themselves kind of thing. A lot of these guys taking the money still think they're going to the NFL and they're just double bagging everything. They don't, reality hasn't set in on the self scouting because people listen, if you want to feel better about yourself and your skills, if someone offers you a hundred offers you a hundred grand to do something the next day, you're going to feel better about those skills. You're not going to feel worse. If someone offers you a hundred grand, you're not going to feel like you're further away from being a pro. You're going to feel like you're closer. So it's yep. kind of adding to the confusion and the tomfoolery and hijinks all at once. Like I said, uh, all right, Bill, this question has come up so many times. we got to answer before we go. Do we have a legitimate chance at landing Caleb Downs now that the defensive coordinator has left Alabama? Yes, the safeties coach or the defensive back coach for Alabama has joined Neon Dion in Boulder, Colorado. Does that open the door? Bill, we will end with Caleb Downs, arguably the best player in the class. Last I knew, Nick Saban is still at Alabama. I don't think that has changed. Uh, hence, my answer doesn't really change. And I still think, as things stand right now, that, that Caleb Downs stays with his Alabama commitment. And we will finish with that. And in terms of upheaval and such, I just want people to put into context here how big the win for Utah was over USC. Alabama has 19 guys in the portal right now. 19. And that's because they're not going to the playoff, and those guys only play for playoffs. That's one thing that's going to happen. 
among these elite teams is you're not going to see guys like, uh, I don't want to say anyone Ohio State's team, but if you're a big-time NFL prospect, I don't think you're playing in uh, the Blue Bonnet Bowl, if you uh, if that makes sense. So it's playoff or bust for Ohio State going forward. And um, that should be okay with us, considering the fact they're going to 12 teams, and Ohio State's going to make it every single year. So, hey, good news to finish the show. We appreciate these guys stopping by. Have a good one, Bucknutters. training is in full swing and fantasy baseball draft season is upon us that means you need to join us on fantasy baseball today in five part of the cbs sports podcast network join scott white chris towers and me frank stample every monday through saturday for six pods per week throughout the month of march we'll break down the latest news spring training updates players to target and much more in just five minutes make sure to download and follow on apple Podcasts, spotify the odyssey app and everywhere else podcasts are found